ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Now, the last time uh, I think we had a... A chat with my next guest. It was back in, well, some, some dark times. We, we were locked down, stuck in our domestic spaces and forced, I guess, uh, to become perhaps more, more home cooks than we might have been. And it was in that same year uh, that Stephanie Alexander, a, a woman who's taught us so much about how to cook at home, who's done as much as anyone to transform the way we cook, the way we eat, it was back in that year that Stephanie turned 80, and, well, that was then. We've uh, Things have changed. We've emerged from that darkness, and, well, here's a constant. Stephanie Alexander has a new book, uh, and it's aptly titled Fresh. Stephanie, welcome. Thank you, Jonathan. You, you are an extraordinarily prodigious author. Riven, Riven, I think you might say. This is a wonderful book, and it's it's... Well, you'll tell me about this. I mean, it, it has it has a an, an audience which has um, a potentially great age range is one of the interesting things about it. Well, I hope so. I hope it appeals not just to um, those people who know about the Kitchen Garden Foundation, but to all families, particularly families with young children, because it is advocating above all else family the pleasure of family meals and. Um, I firmly believe that this is possible for everybody and is not hard. It's inspired by your, your kitchen gardens. I mean, tell us about that program for people who, who have not heard of it. I started my first movements in, towards this program in 2001. Mm. So it's actually been going for a long time now. And although we've had a few ups and downs, not least the COVID years, but really, the, there's more than a, a thousand schools and early learning centres around Australia who are part of our movement. And I'm led to believe there are many other schools and early learning centres that have been influenced by what we believe without necessarily formally joining the family. So I am very proud of what we've done. Oh, as you should be. Yeah. And when I visit one of the schools, and I do visit as many as I can, I am knocked out and by the just the universal greeting of happy smiling faces, <laughs> the vision of little people chopping, stirring, digging holes, um, discussing with each other, using knives, using boiling water with proper safety precautions, of course, of course. and just generally having a great time and experiencing flavours and textures and things that they have never seen or done before. It's also been fantastic for kids' mental health, for their understanding of culinary and cultural difference. And we, the program is you know, very respectful of, of difference and of cultural richness. Now, look, I can't say enough about what a fantastic program it is. And, of course, <laughs> Line Dream, which hasn't yet happened, is that every child in Australia should have the opportunity of having this experience as part of their education. A kitchen garden experience would be a tremendous thing if that was shared by every Australian child. And the, the things you mentioned there, that, that sense of diversity, I mean, yeah, it's here in this book, everything, you know, pastas to Moroccan tagines to uh, yellow curries. I mean, there's a tremendous 
range of, of, of culinary tradition you've presented here. And the thing that, that hits me about the way this book is presented is that it's so unpatronising. It is so simply matter-of-fact and but written in a way that could be understood across the generations but not pandering to any particular generation. It's, it's a real gift in its presentation. Thanks, Jonathan. And I do think a lot of adults um, underestimate the capabilities of their kids. Mm. Uh, and, of course, I've always believed that role models, you know, modelling from a very early age is the most powerful thing in a child's life. And if you're fortunate, as I am, to have had a model, you know, a family model that involved pleasure at the table and diversity at the table, you're way ahead of kids who have nothing like that. And we, of course, at the, in the Kitchen Garden Foundation, experienced many, many children um, who whose background is really pretty narrow mm. and they find anything outside of, you know, some half a dozen ingredients quite foreign and quite scary. And so you it's a it's a really big and important task to encourage kids to have fun and to enjoy discovering new things. Tell us about your role model. Well, my I've probably said this a million times, but my mother was an amazing cook. She was she was a good cook, but she was also unusual in that she loved food writing, mm. and she had an early collection of Elizabeth David and books most people in the community had never heard of. She had a lovely herb garden. She and my grandfather conspired together and grew vegetables while my father was doing other things, and. Her big pleasure in life was cooking. And so every night she had this opportunity to to put this little, I think masterpiece might be overstating it, but yes. I mean, she, every night the, the food had been carefully thought about and she was learning something herself. And she did, she was a food writer in the very, very early days. The, the very early editions of Gourmet Magazine um, mm-hmm included a few articles by my mother. So she knew the power of the word and she knew. And so there were four kids in our family. So we sat around a round table with my grandfather. So we had a mix of generations, which was not always marvellous. And um, there was lots of conversation. There were lots of dishes. We had a lazy Susan in the middle of the round table and um you know, we shared and we argued and we laughed and we talked and the food was important. And my mother and father and sometimes grandpa had wine um, and that was pretty amazing in the 50s. Yeah, it sounds utterly idyllic. The, uh, the idea, though, for the Kitchen Garden program, uh, I mean, how how was that hatched? Because clearly there's a, there's a sense there, a lifelong sense of the, the possibilities of you know, what might be done in between young people and, and, and food and, and an idea of where that food comes from and it's part of your young life. Well, I suppose whilst I was running restaurants, I didn't have a huge amount of extra time to mull over this. But nonetheless, I used to go on about it to my apprentices, you know, that this is how you should be doing it. This is, why don't you try it this way? That sort of thing. Mm. Once I no longer was running a restaurant, it seemed to coincide with the general increase in interest generally amongst journalists to talk about 
uh, the terrible problem of obesity and how young people ate so badly and chose so badly. And I, by this stage, was reading all of this and kept thinking how I was so frustrated that nobody talked about anything positive. They only talked about negative things. Do not do this, you know. No fat, no salt, no sugar, etc. And I kept, and I knew that that isn't the way to convince anybody to modify their behaviour, is to sort of just tell them that everything they're doing is wrong. So I, and of course, I'd also read about Alice Waters in Berkeley, in California, how she was attempting to do something similar in one school. Mm. So things coincided. I decided that I needed to try my scheme, to try my theory that if you intervened uh, in a school and offered children the opportunity of gardening and growing and understanding about the seasons, I think the, the cooking bit of it was took a little bit longer to cement in my mind. First of all, I just thought edible gardening. So I went to Collingwood College, who I'd been introduced to, and Francis, the, the then principal, who was Italian, and that was, I think, a very important part of this. Yes, that's a good step. <laughs> enthusiasm for what I was suggesting, mm. which was that a little bit of the school playground be turned into a, a garden with the work done by the kids and the food to be shared. And as I say, it took me about a year to work out that what we also needed was a, a cooking and eating space. And um, it just it just grew from there. It was not easy. Um, once you had 25 kids in a single space who'd never had this experience before, once we were cooking as well, it was very obvious that you needed more than one educator to, to help and to manage it. So the Collingwood College, Frances was very generous and she provided enough money to pay an educator for a couple of years. And that started us off. Now, to this at this day, 20-something years later, the cost of the program still remains an issue, not for the schools, because it's not very much for the schools, but to keep the staffing uh, and to provide all the professional development, all the things we want schools to understand can help them. Mm. It costs a lot of money. But so that, that, I know that may seem a long way from the book, but in a way I wanted to put the the book out there as a sort of a enjoyable overview of what can happen and what is happening all over the country. 18 books. This is the 18th fresh. I, I, I wonder that process of, of making a book about food. How, how that's changed over that time too. Well, of course, this book was written during um, the lockdown mm. and just sort of gave me... A welcome well. distraction. <laughs> a little, yeah, and it, it was a welcome distraction, actually. It was a perfect opportunity to test Cook uh, quietly away and um, well, I can't say I didn't notice lockdown, but I'm having to say that this was a, a very good way of passing the time. <laughs> Is is there a favourite thing in it? Could you could you select a particular dish? Well, the other night I ha I had made something with silver beet mm. two days before, and I'd only used the leaves, but I'd put the stems back in the fridge, thinking I must do something with those. And then I thought, oh, there's that recipe in fresh, and it's in <laughs> in the book called broccoli and leafy greens toran which is a southern Indian from from Kerala way of cooking vegetables. 
and it requires a large amount of vegetables, including, I have suggested, broccoli or, and or silver beet stems. And I thought, ah, here we go. There it is. So I looked at the ingredients and, I, of course, I had everything, chilies, mustard seeds, an onion, garlic, some curry leaves I had to buy because I didn't have any in the fridge, turmeric and shredded coconut. And I went ahead and made my own recipe for adjusting weights and uh, because I didn't have enough vegetables. And I made the most fantastic thing. It was sort of half a stir-fry and half a braise, and I had it alongside a lamb chop. And I thought, this is how I love people to feel they can eat. There's about six different vegetables in this dish. Mm. It's taken a maximum of, I think, 15 minutes to cook. And it had this, it's got coconut, it's got coconut milk in it, it's got beautiful greens, chilli to give it a bit of a kick, all of which you could modify yourself. So I just want people to be open to new tastes and to, it really will save them money if you, you know, change the balance of family meals to being less about a giant piece of meat or a giant piece of animal protein and more about vegetables and salads and and animal protein where and when it seems appropriate for you. And if you've got any kind of vegetable garden, you'll have no trouble with the silver beet. So. <laughs> no trouble. It's an indestructible plant, yeah. I think. I'm delighted, Stephanie, that you could you could surprise yourself <laughs> with, with the one you're in my book. Particularly beautiful because I had red stemmed silver beet. Wow, I'm, and I'm thinking the the, the, the red spots of, of the chili and a little bit of the white from the, the shredded coconut. Beautiful colours. Stephanie, thank you and, and congratulations on, on this, your 18th book, and on the, the extraordinary success of, of the Kitchen Garden program. A, a wonderful gift to the, the young people of this country. Thank you very much, Jonathan, and we want more mums and dads and principals to get on board. There you go, people. That's your challenge. Stephanie Alexander, a, a legend of uh, the Australian culinary landscape, cook, writer, and her latest book, Fresh, Family Recipes and Stories Inspired by Stephanie's Kitchen Gardens. ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. 